When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is brought to you by No One. First car on a time lap. Um, yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. Now you. No, you go on first. Okay, Latifi 20, All time right. lap. On the show today, we break down everything that happened in Barcelona. The new segment called Embarrassment Sandwich The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly from the Weekend, and a whole lot more. But first. We hand the mic over to a man. A man that Mariah Carey was singing All She Wants for Christmas is him. And also a man that got Lara Croft to take his last name. That man is David Croft. Take it away, Crofty. It's lights out and away we go. Once a week, one man emerges from the pit lane to deliver all the news, discussion, and results of Formula One. Well, that time has arrived. Sit back, relax, for the Park It In My Ferme show. Here is your host, Colby. That is right. Ladies and gentlemen, it is your boy, Colby, and what a huge, gigantic, colossus, humongous show we have for you today. But before we start, has anyone seen my Verme? If you have, sneak on up next to it and park it right up in there, nice and deep. As it is the parking in my Verme show, the show talking all things Formula One, news, opinions, discussion, love triangles, and more. But before we begin, if you want to catch up on all the 35 episodes I've done before, head over to parkinginmyferme.com. Oh, I know you want to do that. They're all just sitting there waiting to be plucked from the tree of Formula One delight and comedy. And if you just take a moment, right now, just just one moment, look down at that listening device of yours. You see that subscribe and follow button? Please lick your lips and begin to gently fondle it with the tip of your finger. Oh, wait, you're saying that isn't enough? I don't blame you. Head over to the socials at Parker in my Ferme on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram and slide into those DMs because I'll be sitting back and waiting, pining, longing for some of those sweet, sweet DMs. Now, what are we going to talk about today? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. How about the Spanish GP? That happened over the weekend, and we're going to break it on down every itty-bitty moment. We're going to talk about it. New segment called Embarrassment Sandwich coming your way where we go over the most embarrassing moments from the weekend. Of course, your stat of the week. Not to mention, not to mention at all, the good, the bad, the ugly. Oh, yeah. But of course, of course, we can't do anything before we talk about the news. News, 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 news. Cody, 
Formula One news. Pocket in my Fermi. Formula One news. It's the pimp news. Pimp news. Didn't steal this. It's definitely the pimp news. Pimp news. Pimp news coming through your ears right now. Pocket in my Fermi. Formula One news. Pimp news. Yeah. Yes, it is time for the news. Whistleman, do your thing. Okay, we're going to jump straight into it now. Now, Valtteri Bottas, as you know, on the weekend, did a little bit of racing against his teammate. Didn't really want to go for the old team orders. Now, uh, Bottas has come out and defended his decision to compete against Lewis rather than just let him pass. He said, I definitely could have let him through earlier, but I was going to do my own race as well. That's what Bottas told Sky Sports after the race. It's always calculating things, and I was trying to get Charles Leclerc out of my pit window so I could stop again and go for an extra point. Fastest lap. So the main thing in my mind was my own race. The team told me not to hold him up too much. Like I said, I was also doing my race, and I'm not here to let anyone by. I'm here to race. That's how it goes. Now... I 100% agree with Bottas. We are going to go through it a little bit later on as well, but all's well that ends well. Mercedes got the win, got Lewis his comeuppets. Great work there, Valtteri Bottas. But yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. You want to race, you want to compete, but also team orders. They're the ones that sign your paycheck. you got to keep the team happy. Anyway, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Moving on, Hamilton, speaking of Mercedes, Lewis Hamilton, Sir Lewis Hamilton, he's ready to talk contracts. As we remember last year, there was a bit of a kerfuffle about Lewis Hamilton's contract. Now, it turns out him catching the Rona, then Toto catching the Rona, then everyone getting the Rona, it sort of meant that they couldn't really catch up. They wanted to do it over the Bahrain weekend, apparently, but things happen, he couldn't be there, blah, 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 blah. And now we sign one of the biggest, bestest, baddest contracts in Formula 1. Now, he doesn't want a repeat of what happened last year. Lewis has talked. He's obviously happy with how things went on the weekend. And he wants to start talking contracts now. This is what he had to say. We never want to be in the position that we were in in January, in February of this year, Hamilton said. It ruined my whole winter, and I'm sure it wasn't helpful for Toto's in terms of being out to be out of uh, being, sorry, being out to be off and relaxed. So it felt like we didn't really have much of a break. Naturally, we don't want to have to rush anything, but I think we have to be sensible and smart with our conversations. They're very complex. It's never a super simple procedure, and so hopefully soon we can chat, as long as it doesn't interfere with the actual job. We still have 19 races to do, but it would be great to get something in place before the break so then we could, again, be in that break and have a clear picture of the future. That's what Hamilton had to say. Of course, Toto's got to put his two cents in. Here he comes. This is what he said. Mercedes team principal Toto Wolff is confident Hamilton will commit to F1 again for more than a single year under his next contract. Yes, it should be more than a year, Toto said. We don't want to be in a stressful situation every single year where we are absolutely flat out trying to win races and needing to negotiate. I would rather that didn't happen every year we just need to spend a day or two together, put it out there, and decide which are the difficult components. We will then lock the door and won't walk out until it is sorted. The works best That works best for us, and it has worked best for us in the past. That's what Toto had to say. Now, I disagree with Toto. 
I think Hamilton's in charge. He holds the cars. He's the best driver out there at the moment by a long way. Probably the best of all time. He should be signing one-year deals. They do it in other sport. Just one year at a time. Get that max. Get that flexibility. If Toto pisses you off halfway through next year, you don't want to be having to spend another three or four years there. Nah, bugger off. Go somewhere else. Enjoy life. But it's going to be very, very interesting. I would love to see the fine print of some of those because I'd tell you what, teammate clauses are going to be a thing. They are. And Valerie Bottas, ooh, better be looking over his shoulder. But, you know, other than that, guys, pretty quiet week for the news. Not much else to talk about. I'm sure there will in the upcoming days. But we will be back again on Friday to break it all down. But now it's time to start talking about the Spanish Grand Prix itself. Now, what a big weekend we had in race four of the 2021 season, the Spanish GP at the circuit de Barcelona, Catalunya. A circuit that I pointed out in the last episode had lost its luster. It became stale, monotonous, where the Monaco GP has a little overtaking, well, less than less than Barcelona usually does, but the action-packed circuit and events surrounding it bring more to the race than the Spanish GP usually does. However, I was very, very wrong. We had a great weekend of racing from the qualifying through to the race itself. It was much better than expected, and we still have a season on our hands between Maxi Boy, Max Verstappen, and drivers standing leader Sir Lewis Hamilton. Not only that, all throughout the field, there were some tight matchups that were going on to come down to the final. I, I think it's all going to come down to the final race in Abu Dhabi at the season's end. At least I hope so. So. We need to start with a huge congratulations to Hamilton, 100th pole position. It was a huge achievement in the sport. And the amount of daylight that there is between him and the next on that list is even more unbelievable. I'll be going through that a little bit later on in your stat of the week, so we won't dive into that right now. But back up, I'll back that up with another congratulations and give him an, another one right there, another one to Sir Lewis on the win too. It was an incredible drive, amazing gamble and or strategy and really caught Red Bull napping and we got a race. We got a great race. It was a brilliant race from start to finish, but we need to rewind. Go back to FP1 and break down everything that happened. Let's go, free practice. In free practice, FP1 and just like the sun rises every morning and sets every evening, so does Mazepin spin in every FP1. Now he went off a few times, not full blownsy spins, but made sure he was enough of a pain in the ass to warrant this response from Charles Leclerc, who was following close behind trying to set a decent lap time. Take a listen. That's it, it will never change. But nothing too much of note in the free practices. The quick cars were quick and the slow cars were slow. Looks like uh, the Red Bulls and Mercedes were even holding back a little bit, not to show their cards too early, but Bottas did what I thought he would. I called it in the last episode. Go back, take a listen if you don't believe me. I said Bottas will go out there and set the fastest time in the free practices to prove a point and to show that he belongs there in a Mercedes. One more important incident that I want to talk about in the free practice was the Yuki Sonoda incident, of course. He once again got a little bit testy on the radios, and I think that the fun, foul-mouthed rookies' antics are running a little bit thin with the team. Take a listen to Yuki in FP3. And good break in turn 10 with the RS. Uh, you always say late. It's, I, literally, I'm in the entry, you know? Yuki, calm down. Okay, we'll improve for the next. It's fine. 
Yuki later in qualifying went out in Q1 and stated that he couldn't believe this fucking car. He began to question whether or not Gasly and him were getting the same car. However, later that night via Tsunoda's Twitter, he issued an apology. He wrote, I wanted to apologize for my comments. I didn't mean to criticize the team who have done a great job all weekend. I was just frustrated with my performance. Full send tomorrow. I couldn't put together my run today, he added. I feel that we still need to deepen our understanding of cars. I would like to proceed with data analysis with the team and seek a better setting. I will do my best tomorrow. So he managed to do a complete 180 after getting a talking to after the negative comments. It's something we do see from drivers and teams quite frequently, but at the same time, I don't want this to censor Yuki. I love that he's a little angry boy on the grid and encourage him to keep not giving a fuck. Qualifying was fairly straightforward as well. Yuki going out in Q1 was a bit of a shock, but other than that, the rest of the grid followed nicely. However, Mazepin, still a bit of a dick. Now look, he got a penalty for blocking a flying, na- flying lap from Norris. I don't 100% blame Mazepin in this one. He was wanting to start a flying lap as well, but his timing was piss poor pulling in front of Lando and ruining his lap. Lucky for Lando, he was able to get out of Q1, no problem. But again, Mazepin was held up by quite a few other cars that were slowing down. And Mazepin just said, you know what? I've got to get a lap in. I've got to do this now. And he just went for it. Now, yeah, he's got mirrors on the car. Yeah, he probably should have checked them. And yeah, the team may have needed to tell him. They probably did. But again... Not the worst thing he's done on a racetrack. Not even the worst thing he's done this weekend. In Q2, Max's pace was scary quick. It looked like Max was going to go out-qualify the two Mercedes by at least half a second and really put himself in a good position. But the Mercs were clearly sandbagging and Hamilton came through to not only take pole, but take his 100th pole position in Formula 1. Let's take a little listen at that. It's a ton of poles for Lewis Hamilton in Formula One. The Spanish Grand Prix pole, his 100th in his Formula One career. Very nice work. So yeah, that first time stood. Yes! Great job, guys. That's hard work. It's race time. It's time to get ready to sit back and take a nap. But, but... I was pleasantly surprised. An amazing first corner by Verstappen. Hamilton didn't start poorly, but Verstappen just flew off the line. Able to get grip straight away. Amazing start from him as well as Charles Leclerc. Both Mercedes losing positions in the opening few corners. Quite a few teams were looking to make it a one pit pit stop strategy. Learning how to talk today. Hoping that the medium compound tyres would last around that 35 to 40 laps, but they completely fell off. So strategy became a huge part of this race. And it wasn't long into the race until we saw the leaders were catching the bat markers and we got to hear this radio call through to Michael Massey in FIA from Toto about Mazepin and his clown driving. Take a listen. Michael, blue flags. Michael, this guy makes us lose the position. That's Toto Wolf talking to race control. Yeah, talking to Michael Massey. Now lap 44. Is what I want to focus on though. Red Bull held the leader with Verstappen over Lewis, but Lewis was right up on him, like a cheerleader all over the captain of the football team. Just wouldn't give him any space. Half a second behind, when out of nowhere, the Mercedes car peeled off without warning into the pit lane to swap his old mediums for some newer ones. 
He got given his instructions. Take a listen. How far have I got to catch up? Currently 22 seconds. We've done it before. Now, he was 22 seconds behind with 22 laps left. What's important to note is that Verstappen was leading, Bottas in second, and about 10, well, he was 10 seconds behind uh, Verstappen, and Lewis was closing in on his teammate. On lap 52, he caught it. Hamilton caught Bottas. The team orders were given. Take a listen. Don't hold Lewis up. Whoa! He was not willing there at all, was he? However, Bottas had other ideas. He decided to make Hamilton work for it, and I absolutely love him. I love it from the fans' point of view. It was fantastic. But did Bottas do the right thing? I'm going to talk about this in the next episode and look at incidences of teammates crashing and team orders given. But I don't know if Bottas did the wrong thing here. It's early on. He wants some points too. Hamilton on fresher tyres and driving far better than Bottas has all year was able to pass Bottas with ease. It was just Hamilton's time to chase down Verstappen. 14 left, laps left, 10 second gap. Well, he closed that 10-second gap in just eight laps. That's how quickly the drop-off was from Max's tyres. Hamilton passes Max at the start of lap 60, and it wasn't even close. Max was the sitting duck. Take a listen. Last time out, Hamilton passed Max Verstappen. Is he going to do it again? Here in Spain, seven days later, getting showered in rubber from the rear of that Red Bull. Hamilton goes around the outside at turn one, and the charge is complete. That's what we talk about, Lewis. Nice work. Now, Hamilton then had clear track all the way to the end. Take a listen as Hamilton gets win number three for the season and his sixth win in a row in Spain. It's his sixth Spanish Grand Prix win. It's his fifth in a row. It's 100 poles and it's the chequered flag as the winner of the Spanish Grand Prix for Lewis Hamilton, who strengthens his grip then at the top of the table. Get in there, Lewis. What a great drive, man. You made that strategy work beautifully. Lewis, it's James. Well done, mate. Impressive drive. Thanks, James. Great job with the strategy. Yeah, definitely have to work for it, but that's great. Absolutely great. Well done. Yeah, Lewis, perfect combination. Great, great strategy and bold and great, great driving. Congratulations. Congratulations, Max coming in second, you can hear the disappointment in his voice and listen to Christian Horner say. Yeah, well, that's uh, what it is. He's just too slow, so uh, it's impossible to keep him behind. That was a good effort, Max. Yeah, yeah I don't know what, other, what else we could have done there, but uh, good effort. See, I don't know what else we could have done. That's what Christian Horner said. Uh, I don't know, maybe pit? Maybe get a number two driver to compete? But I guess hindsight is 2020. Obviously, looking back on it all now, Red Bull needed to pit immediately after Hamilton. That was where they are both on fresh tyres, and Max, although he probably would have come out behind Hamilton, probably, he would have been able to fight all the way to the end and look at an overtake down the straight, an area of the track where Red Bulls seem to have a speed advantage over the Mercedes in Spain, especially with the DRS. But you think with a 22-second lead and 22 laps remaining, you can hold on, but the Pirelli mediums completely shat themselves and it proves to be an amazing race as a result of that. Later on in the podcast, we will break down the good, the bad and the ugly. Oh, yes. As well as introduce you to the embarrassment sandwich. But first, guys, first, 
It's your stat of the week. I'm a stat man. Formula One stat man. Cody's a stat man. Yeah, stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stat time. Yeah. Oh, so much stats. So many stats. I don't know if this intro is even long enough. There's that many stats. Uh, stats, stats, stats. Yeah. Ooh, so many stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. That's right. It's stat time. Pole position stat time, that is. As we celebrate the amazing effort by Lewis Hamilton, he has been so dominant in the last decade and cemented himself well and truly in the debate for greatest of all time with Schumacher and Senna and a few others, with a lot of people already declaring him the GOAT. Another milestone was reached by Lewis this race weekend with him getting pole position for the 100th time in Formula 1. 100 pole positions. To show just how dominant he has been in qualifying. He now has 100 poles with Schumacher in second place on that list. 32 pole positions behind him. He has raced 270 times and polled in 100 of those races. Lewis Hamilton is flat out dominating. Hamilton passed Schumacher and Senna back in 2017 and has won 59 of the 100 races where he had polled. Now, that's 59% obviously. Whereas the F1 average for winning races when you poll is 42%. The man has no signs of slowing down and in what is supposed to be a slower car than the Red Bulls, he is still flat out dominating. How's that for your stat of the way, bubba da ba He's a stat man. Ooh, that was a good stat. It really yeah, was. Such a good one of, stat. One of my better such stats. A, such a good stat. You know it was. Yep. He's a stat man. Hey, let's go on with the show. Cool, it's pretty cool. So cool. Now we need to start a new segment. Now this, this is because we as an F1 community do a lot of work at embarrassing drivers and teams for, for stuffing things up, getting things wrong, sliding off the track, grabbing a girl's tit against her will and posting it on your own social media because you're a bit of a fucking numpty. But these are still the best of the best drivers in the world. The top 20, the creme de la creme. These are the top 20 in terms of skill and daddy's money. So I'm not saying we should call them out and embarrass them. Just let's do it while also looking at our own flaws and faults. May he who is without sin cast the first stone. Or he who calls out an embarrassing moment. Make an embarrassing moment sandwich between two embarrassing moments of their own. Now, of course, you better believe it, I have made an intro, and um, might be one of my best yet. Now, everybody, gather round. Because I get embarrassed. Do you get embarrassed as well? I think everybody does. Now it's time for the embarrassment sandwich. Because all the Formula One drivers do embarrassing things just like you and me. Embarrassment sandwich. Ooh, I'm hungry. Embarrassment sandwich. It's time to eat an embarrassment sandwich. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, embarrassment sandwich time. Now we got to get that bottom layer of bread. Let's get that nice little layer right there. Of course, first off. As an adult, I have pooed myself twice in my sleep, both times from drinking too much wine and passing out. Both times weren't in my own bed. 
the meat of the embarrassment sandwich. Fernando Alonso, first one goes to you. Finished last behind two Husses and Nicholas Latifi, de- despite Latifi doing all he can to crash on the final lap of the race. Take a listen. Okay. Scenario 12. Scenario 12. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Even on the last lap, the Williams is off in the last corner. I mean, just for nothing to have fun on the quick lap. That was almost bad. Yep, yep, that's second flag. You kept it from Arnold's home. That was, that was a big scare. A good job taking, keeping it on track. Uh, your P16. Alonso, that is absolutely pathetic. Ocon is making you look like a bit of a silly goose. Also, the top layer of the embarrassment sandwich. I once stole a poem off the internet called I Love You and gave it to a girl I liked in high school. I didn't read the poem first and it was about a man telling his parents that he was gay and coming out of the closet and them accepting him. Soon the whole school thought I was gay. And that was your embarrassment sandwich. Oh yeah, it's time to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend. Breaking down what happened. Well, we already went through the details of what happened. Now we gotta grade it. Gotta look at it. And there was a lot to go through. Ooh, whoo. All right. First of all, let's start with the good. Sir Lewis Hamilton, 100 poles and a win. Take a listen. It's his sixth Spanish Grand Prix win. It's his fifth in a row. It's 100 poles and it's the chequered flag as the winner of the Spanish Grand Prix for Lewis Hamilton, who strengthens his grip then at the top of the table. Get in there, Lewis. What a great drive, man. He made that strategy work beautifully. Lewis, it's James. Well done, mate. Impressive drive. Thanks, James. Great job with the strategy. Yeah, definitely have to work for it, but that's great. Absolutely great. Well done. Yeah, Louis, perfect combination. Great, great strategy and bold and great, great driving. Congratulations. Congrats, Toto. To you. Max Verstappen, also good. Great race. Didn't do anything wrong. Just really, it was just the strategy that let him down. The team not getting him in in the right time, thinking the Pirelli tyres will last, but. Awesome race. The good Pirelli tyres, I like it. They proved, although a track may not have be traditionally good for overtaking, if you make the tyres degradation not so good, then it will lead to more exciting racing. They need to do the same in Monaco, so get ready for that one. The good Charles Leclerc. The Ferrari pace is great this year. What is it, two-fourths and two-sixths? The man is flying. Keep going, Charles. Add him to your fantasy teams if you have not already. The good Daniel Ricciardo. Great drive. Good turnaround. Qualified well, raced solidly, and just in time for a track he has performed well at. Coming up next is Monaco. The good. Valtteri Bottas. For not taking any fucking shit. He's there to race. You try and tell him otherwise, he wants to win. Oh, please, pull over for Sir Lewis Hamilton. No, get stuffed. I'm Valtteri Bottas. Well done. Okay, now it's time for the bad. Um, the bad, Valtteri Bottas. I mean, they gave you team orders, you dumbass. Pull over. Yeah, I know you're racing. 
but no, not good enough. Pull over. The bad Fernando Alonso horrible race finished 17th, only ahead of the two Haases and Sonoda who crashed out. The bad Red Bull race strategy. Yeah, hindsight is 2020, but when Hamilton goes in, they tend to know what they're doing. So, um, just copy him. Just copy him. You probably could have picked him off at the end. I talked about it earlier. I'm not going to repeat myself. The bad Lando Norris. A bit reluctant to put him in here. He has been phenomenal this season, but the Brit has had a subpar quality and race this weekend. Just couldn't find the pace. And now that the Australian is in Danny Rick has some speed. This battle is really heating up and Norris will have some pressure put on him. Of course, I put him on my fantasy team and gave him the double points. And of course, he has the weekend. That is horrendous. The bad racing car Jesus, Antonio Giovinazzi's garage where his tyres are kept. And one of the engineers, or one of the pit crew, put in the tyres. I noticed there was a flat tyre. How's the tyre flat? Look after your damn tyre. There wasn't even a car. It was in the garage. And you got a flat tyre? Come on. Okay. That's enough of the bad. I'm sorry, Giovinazzi. Racing car Jesus. I love you. But... Now time to talk about the ugly, and oh my god, we have a repeat offender, do we ever? Seems to go, he's going to be here every race, I believe. Nikita Mazepin. Oh, but my daddy's rich. I don't care. Nikita Mazepin in qualifying and in the race, and also free practice. The whole weekend, you were rubbish, you were ugly. Toto was getting Michael Massey on the line, because even he was upset. Take a listen to Toto's call, then afterwards, going to play a little bit of Charles Leclerc during his uh, free practice one, getting a bit frustrated as well. Michael, blue flags. Michael, this guy makes us lose the position. That's Toto Wolf talking to race control. Yeah, talking to Michael Massey. That's it, people never change. Mazepin, you nearly, really need to sort it out, mate. All right, racing 101. Get the F out of the way. So many times you're caught holding people up. Now I'm sure your pit wall is telling you that there are people behind you. But also, general rule of thumb, if you drive a Haas, there are gonna be people overlapping you and you need to be aware of it at all times. So, that was my good, the bad, and the ugly from the Spanish GP. What did you think? Agree with me? Disagree with me? Let me know. Head over to the socials at Parker in my firm, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Slide into those DMs like Mazepin slides off the track. I'll be sitting back with a glass of vino, ready to catch you. Ready to make you fall into my loving arms. Someone, someone cutting onions? They must be cutting onions nearby because... My eyes are starting to water. What an amazing show. Thank you so much again for stopping by. Oh, we covered a lot today. If you missed anything, head over to the website, parkitinmyfermate.com. Also, the socials, at parkitinmyfermate, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I say it all the time, but easiest way to do it, just subscribe or follow on your podcast listening device, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Podcast Addict. We're on all of them. There's millions. iHeartRadio. I could go forever. I'll stop, though. Because I'm, I'm running out of which ones I've already said and haven't said. But anyway, 
I, of course, will be back next Friday. This Friday coming up, we've got to start getting ready for the Monaco Grand Prix. I'm going to talk about teammate rivalries and battles and when team orders were defied. Might also talk about Perez and how he compares to Albon last year because uh, right now, Sergio, it's not looking good. But as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.